Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Network. 1350 on your AM dial serving the New York metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. And please remember to follow Joe and I on Facebook and YouTube. Primarily, that's where we are on social media. You can find us at Frontline TV or the Frontline with Joe and Joe. Like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. And today, we are very pleased and honored to be joined by Captain George Phillips and Vice Admiral Admiral Stephen Stanley. And we are going to be discussing the Grunt Padre, Father Vincent Cabadano. And this is an important conversation for the Veritas audience because Joe and I on the show talk all the time uh, about, you know, let's say representative figures, representative characters, people that we could look up to. Father Cappadano is one of those guys. And talk about being in the breach. Father Cappadano was literally in the breach in Vietnam, as were uh, Stanley and uh, and Captain Phillips. Um, so this is going to be a great conversation. For those of you who don't who do not know these gentlemen, uh, I want to give a brief introduction. Uh, Captain George Phillips served in Vietnam with Father Cappadano, and his personal decorations and awards include the following: the Legion of Merit, Meritorious Meritorious Service Medal, two Bronze Stars with a Combat V, two Purple Hearts. Combat Action Ribbon, Good Conduct Medal with One Star, and the Distinguished Civilian Service Award. Uh, Vice Admiral, uh, Admiral Stephen Stanley is the chairman of the governing board of the Father Vincent Capitano Guild. Originally from Doylestown, Ohio, Vice Admiral Stephen Stanley graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy in 1975 with a Bachelor of Science degree in Ocean Engineering. In his 37-year Navy career, he served as a submariner. His shore assignments included time as a financial manager in the Pentagon, where he served on the staffs of the Chief of Naval Operations, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the Secretary of Defense. Stanley is married to the former Jean Marie Steiner, also from Doylestown, Ohio. The couple has four daughters and 12 grandchildren. Captain George Phillips, Vice Admiral Admiral Stephen Stanley, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Good. Welcome. Glad to be here. I think I said four, uh, 12 grandchildren. It's 14 grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, it's updated. It is, and it's still growing. Good. All I right. love it. I got one coming, too. I was telling George, I got my fifth. I had to ship two of them off to my mother because my house gets kind of loud. <laughs> um, yet, I have 10. So. Oh, my Lord. The crew, <laughs> I love good. it. George, I'm sorry I forgot about that. I didn't have it in my notes, so I'm glad you chimed in with that one. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, and just a quick background for the Veritas Catholic audience, a little background on Father Vincent Capadano, one of 10 children raised by Italian-American parents in Staten Island, New York. He attended Fordham University. He was ordained a Marinol priest and served in Taiwan and Hong Kong. He volunteered for the Marines and served as a chaplain in Vietnam. He received the Medal of Honor, and he was declared a servant of God by the Roman Catholic Church, and he is exactly uh, who we're going to be talking about today. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Resinello. Gentlemen, we'll start with the prayer, because all good things start with the prayer, and this is a good thing. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we find to you a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Steve, I think a good place to start since this is Memorial Day weekend is give us a little background on Memorial Day. What what does that mean for our nation? Yeah, Joe, it, you know, that's that's a really good question. A lot of people don't understand, and we, we often get Veterans Day and Memorial Day confused. And Memorial Day is actually the older. Uh, it dates way back to uh, early in, uh, in the colonial times where there was a tradition of going out on one day in the year and decorating the graves 
uh, people that had been lost. Um, over, the, over time, and especially with the Civil War, when we lost almost uh, 500,000 people, um, uh, this became more and more prevalent practice. And it was finally standardized in 1967 uh, uh, you know, by Congress. And we uh, established Memorial Day as the last Monday in, in May, you know, as a federal holiday, uh, where we go out and we do, the, the idea is we go out and remember and honor those military men and women who died in the service of our nation. And that's what's special about Memorial Day. These are people that actually made the ultimate sacrifice for your and my freedom. Right. They 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 went out there and and it's on that foundation that our nation has been built. So it's a very important holiday, uh, as I said, often confused with uh, Veterans Day, which is about all veterans. So the big difference is Memorial Day is about those uh, men and women who died in the service of our country, uh, where Veterans Day is about veterans. So anybody who served. So important because freedom is fought for every day. We're so blessed in this country, all of us. We don't even realize it. Um, and like you said, these men and women made the ultimate sacrifice, something my generation did not you know, know or understand. My dad was uh, drafted. He was in between Vietnam and Korea. Uh, I mean, you got to drop everything, had to go. Something my generation, no clue about, you know, talk to people now, you know, you have to leave your whole life. You're 20 years old. It's a different, it's a different mindset. That's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why originally uh, uh, several months ago we had on uh, George Phillips and we were talking about Father Capadano because one of the constant themes on, on the front line with Joe and Joe is the need for sacrifice. We've lost the idea. Now, again, not everybody's called to give their lives in battle. Okay. Um, but the idea that we don't seem and yeah, this might sound a little judgmental in our current culture. The word sacrifice is a very bad word. In other words, if you, if you say that, people look at you like you have three heads. And we're here talking to the two of you who sacrificed a lot and Father Capadano who sacrificed his life. So uh, very important to, to get that message out there. The need, not, not you know, the need to, to, to sacrifice on, on some level for these things that we, we value in this country, particularly, you know, our freedom and our liberty. Steve, talk a little bit about the Archdiocese uh, for the military services and as well as the Guild for Father Capadano. Okay. Um, so the Archdiocese for the military services, uh, the way to think about that is it's just like your diocese with a couple of significant differences. You know, it, our diocese for the military services has no geographic boundaries. It is wherever our men and women are stationed around the world. And, you know, so we joke about it, but, you know, the sun never sets on our diocese. Uh, 1.8 million people. We've got one uh, uh, archbishop, uh, Archbishop Brolio is our, uh, uh, our bishop right now. He's got four auxiliary bishops that help him uh, minister to this huge uh, diocese. Um, it was established back in 1985 by John Paul II, uh, now Saint Pope John Paul II. And Archbishop Brolio took over in November of 2007. And it's a, it's a, uh, uh, it's a very challenging time for the diocese because with all those people, uh, we're still struggling to have enough Catholic priests uh, present with our men and women uh, forward. Uh, uh, you know, to provide the sacraments to them. And this is their source. Uh, we hear all the time about people that have been, you know, today it's Afghanistan maybe, uh, out there and they haven't had access to the sacraments for months at a time. And it's driven by this lack of priests in our, uh, a number of priests that we have uh, in, our, in our military. Um, let's, could you tell us a little bit about the guild for Father Capadano? Yeah, the guild. Uh, so it, it all gets back to what is the, um, what, what are we trying to do here? And what we're trying to do is to, to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Father Vincent's soul is in communion with God in heaven and is then in his work worthy of, of universal veneration. That's what our canonization process is about. Um, 
Back in the early, uh, late 1990s, early 2000s, the Archdiocese started to get all these uh, uh, claims about um, favors being granted to people who were praying to Father Vincent. So they, as that, that body of evidence uh, uh, built up, they decided to go and, and uh, initiate a cause uh, for his canonization. And that was done um, back in uh, the mid-2000s and actually sent over to Rome uh, for approval. And Rome responded, as they always do for this type of thing, by saying that nothing stands in the way. So a cause was established. Uh, Archbishop Brolio um, um, uh, established the guild to prosecute the the cause, basically, and he gave us two responsibilities. Uh, The first responsibility is we spread the word about the servant of God, Father Vincent Capadano. And that's what we're, that's one of the things we're doing today, right, Mm -hmm. to your audience. Um, And it's, it's very important for people to hear about Father Vincent and, and, and pray for his intercession. Um, So we, we, we have the responsibility to spread the word. We also have the responsibility to raise the monies that are necessary to prosecute the cause. And, you know, people, you know, when they throw, where they're throwing stones at the Catholic church, they often say that we're buying halos uh, for these, these saints because it's so expensive. What they don't understand is what we've got to do is do exhaustive research, uh, scientific resource research uh, to prove that that the the what we're getting ready to to establish is actually true. So the I think about it, we're the, our church is trying to establish that the soul of this individual, Father Vincent Capadano, is in communion with God. How do you know that, right? And the answer is miracles, right? So when we pray for a miracle to for for us for a soul in heaven to intercede for us, pray for that miracle. The church sees that miracle, conducts the scientific research to prove that there's no, no uh, uh, earthly explanation for what has happened. And then um, looks also to say that theologically, the, the person that was being prayed to was, the, in this case, the soul of Father Vincent. So it's it's an ongoing process. It's very expensive, and uh, it, it's really exhaustive. But that's it gives the church the the uh, uh, a that declaring that the soul is actually in communion with God is proven to the best of earthly abilities. So that's what our guild is about. It's about doing those two things: spreading the word and raising the monies necessary to to to. Uh, continue the cause for his canonization. Stephen, we're going to talk in the we're going to talk in the next segment a little bit more about um, about Father Vincent Capadano and maybe some some miracles or what you found in this exhaustive research. You're at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello, and we are speaking with Captain George Phillips and Vice Admiral Stephen Stanley, and we are discussing Father Vincent Capadano, the Grunt Padre. So the Grunt Padre, grunts are in, grunts are in the Marines. And Captain Phillips, you... Uh, you served in Vietnam with Father Capadano. Did you did you know him or? Um, uh, I did. Him? I mean, I, I I didn't know him well. He was uh, he was with uh, uh, my company, Third uh, Battalion, Fifth Marines. I was, and uh, and he was the regimental chaplain for Fifth Marines. Uh, but he had been in country uh, for a, over a year before that with Seventh Marines. And so while I didn't meet him until uh, probably mid-August of uh, 67, I knew I knew of this grunt padre uh, through uh, word of mouth from the other Marines uh, and from Stars and Stripes articles that have been written about him. And, uh, you know, I'd read those things and thought, this is a pretty amazing guy. And uh, and when he showed up, and I, I didn't realize it was him at first, but when we were at Mass, somebody leaned over and told me, and uh, uh, and I remember that first mass, you know, you we go to mass a lot in Vietnam. We didn't get all that many chances. Uh, so, you know, you remember the masses. But I just I just remember at that mass thinking this is something special. Uh, just in the way Father Cap- Capadano went about uh, 
uh, conducting the mass, uh, especially at, at the Eucharist. I mean, you know, a bunch of us laying on, uh, sitting around or wouldn't trying to kneel on a hill and he's at the top of the hill with a altar made out of uh, sea rat boxes. And, uh, but you could have thought you were sitting in St. Patrick's for all the all the concentration that that, that was going on. So uh, that was the first time I met him. And uh, and then I met him once or twice to talk to because uh, he was always around. Uh, he was always walking around talking to Marines. And uh, like one of one of our guys that are still alive, like to say he was like a rock star, you know, wherever he went, people surrounded him. You know, they love talking to him, love being around him. He loved handing out the uh, cigarettes, you know. That's <laughs> uh, all right. Saints yeah, I, I don't know how he did it, but he never <laughs> ran out. Yeah. And uh, so it, it was uh, my first meeting was memorable. I still remember it now. It's 50, geez, 55 years later, something like that. And uh, it's still very fresh in my memory. You know, George, it's funny. You mentioned how, like at the mass, something was special going on. We interviewed, uh, and you also mentioned St. Patrick's Cathedral. George, uh, a native son of Brooklyn, and uh, Father Cabadano was from Staten Island. Uh, we interviewed uh, Father Donald Haggerty of St. Patrick's, and he's a person like that. If you ever like come across him at St. Patrick's, when he says the mass, you're like, something's going on over there. And I don't know what it's about because this guy is, is definitely something special. So I know what you're talking about. George, tell us a little bit about Operation Swift. I know there's a movie out. Uh, EWTN did it on Father Cappadano. Uh, they featured uh, that particular operation in the film. Um, I've also read about it. Give us a little information on that. I think it'd be very interesting to our listeners. Okay. Uh, I guess the first thing you have to understand is that the the units, whether they're Marine or Army, they're spread out all over the country. Uh, the uh, the Marines worked in the northern part of the country, which was called I Corps. Uh, and usually you were grouped in battalions, which was a headquarters, four line companies, and a support company. And uh, I was in Mike 3 5. Uh, that's the second battalion of the fifth marines uh the first battalion of the fifth marines uh, uh on the night before on the 3rd of september had got in were ambushed and had got into heavy firefight with what turned out to be uh, northern uh, north vietnamese regulars not to be confused with the uh, uh the Viet Cong. Uh, especially the Viet Cong could shoot at you all day. And if they hit you, it was just by, uh, you know, whoever they believe in. But uh, uh, the North Vietnamese were trained as good as anybody. And uh, and they got one five in a trap and uh, one five taking heavy casualties. They sent another company in to help them. Uh, and they end up uh, in the same thing, uh, same kind of mess, taking heavy casualties, heavy fire. Uh, so, uh, early in the morning on the morning of the fourth, uh, the, the platoon commanders and the company commanders, uh, were called up to the CP to get their, uh, their marching orders, what we call five paragraph orders, but it tells you when, where, why, uh, what you can expect. And, uh, and it's usually for the, the COs, uh, but father Capadano, uh, was up there. And he had one purpose, and that was to find out who was going to be the first group of Marines from 3-5 uh, to go out. And, uh, and he found that out because they lay all that out in this briefing. You know, uh, Mike, you'll be ready to go at this time. Uh, you know, Kilo, you'll be ready to go here. Some of them might not have been all together. Uh, but uh, so he found that out. Uh, out of that briefing, uh, when it came down, I was just a, you know, corporal troop and a squad leader. And, uh, but they came down and told us, go heavy on the ammunition. Uh, don't worry about food as much, uh, but go heavy on ammunition, pretty much double up, uh, that it was going to be a very bad day. And, uh, and we did. And then that morning when we're down waiting for the helicopters, uh, Father Capadano was down there, uh, uh, talking with Marines like he always did, uh, walking around, just being, uh, uh, the kind of perfect priest we all came to know him to be. Uh, 
uh, calming people's nerves. He used to tell us, uh, fear not, God will be, God will be with us this day. And, and he, he kept saying that. And uh, besides cigarettes, he always carried St. Christopher medals. Uh, and he used to handle hand those out uh, to the troops, too. Uh, back in the old days, uh, St. Christopher was the protector of travelers. And uh, uh, as we were getting ready to go, the last uh, uh, Marine to talk to him uh, didn't have a St. Christopher medal and father had run out. So father took off his own uh, and gave it to the Marine. And uh, I was in the first platoon and then the second platoon and the third platoon. And that was the order that we would fly out. So when the choppers started coming in, I loaded up along with my platoon and the second platoon goes and the third platoon goes and guess who's the last guy on the third platoon's helicopter? Father Capadano. Mm-hmm. Is supposed to be there? I don't think so. <laughs> but, uh, but that was his reputation and that's what he did. Uh, just, uh, just a fantastic priest and a, and a fantastic man. And the Marines loved him. To this day, on on you mentioned the day September fourth, nineteen sixty seven. Uh, that's the day he he died. How did he die? Not well, <laughs> but none of none of the people did. It was uh, first of all we landed uh, not where we had planned, which was uh, nothing unusual. Uh, the first LZ was too hot. Uh, we were taking rounds uh, up through the helicopters. You could see them punching holes in the bottom of the birds. And so we diverted to an alternate LZ, which was even further away from where we had to go. So uh, so we started a walk. Uh, once we got in, we didn't take any fire coming in, uh, So which was good. We were allowed to get ourselves tactically set up uh, to march towards Kilo Company. Uh, the, the Vietnamese were known... Uh, for their ambushes. They didn't go around ahead of you and try to set them. They would figure out what were the most obvious uh, routes of march for large units. And that, so when they engaged somebody like 1-5, they knew we were at Sick Hill 63. And they knew where everybody else was. And so they would figure out what the probable likely uh, routes of march would be. And, uh, and when they got you, they got you. Uh, and they got us. So, so we, we start marching, uh, first platoon up front, which is where I was and the second platoon on the right, third platoon on the left in the V. And, uh, I guess we walked for about two hours and, uh, and maybe three. Uh, and, uh, the point guy who was like three or four people ahead of me, uh, uh, Swanee, he yells back to the platoon sergeant and says, Hey, I think I just saw a bush move. And uh, in typical fashion, the uh, uh, the platoon leader says, if it moves again, shoot it. The bush moved. <laughs> he shot it and all hell broke loose. Uh, and it wasn't your usual rifles, AK-47s. We had heavy caliber. We had mortars coming in. This hill that we had gone up and over and were attacked on the front edge had been uh, uh, zeroed in previously with their mortars, with their uh, crew serve weapons, 50 cals, 762, uh, all kinds of stuff. There was a big crater in the middle of it, and that became the CP. But uh, as soon as Father Capadano heard that first bullet, he had been making his way from the third up towards the first. When he heard that first bullet, I'm told, and, and we have verified, he just took off at a dead run. And uh, the second platoon commander tried to slow him down. And he said, no, I just got to go. I got to go. Leave me alone. I got to go. And uh, and he did. And uh, and he prayed over wounded and dying Marines and corpsmen uh, uh, continuously that afternoon. This battle went on for hours. Uh he from the, the CP, he would uh, go down to uh, wounded Marines, uh, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 yards outside the protection of the, of the uh, CP. Protection is a, you know, kind word for what it was. But uh, 
and he would kneel over them. And he would always, when, whenever you were trying to help somebody in the field, you'd lay down next to him. So it's not to make yourself a bigger target. Well, he didn't do that. He would kneel down and look them right in the eye and uh, give a medical attention. If that was called last rites, uh, pray over them. Didn't care what religion they were. Uh, and you know, that's the way it was. And he did that continuously. Well, about halfway through, maybe around four o'clock, he got hit. He got hit with a mortar uh, and uh, uh, he lost, I think it's four of his fingers on his right hand. Uh, Corman told him to get up, you know, we'll take care of you. No, he blew him off, bandaged his fingers himself and continued on. Uh, now it was starting to get dusk. Uh, there were men all over uh, that hill, uh, all the way around, uh, uh, injured, wounded, still trying to fight. Uh, the NVA had, had not uh, decreased their, their firing. They were well supplied. Uh, we were running uh, fixed aircraft, uh, gunships, everything on them. And, uh, you know, they wouldn't go away. Uh, but uh, so Father Cavadano starts down the hill again. This is right before dusk as I recall, and he gets hit by a mortar shrapnel. No, I think it was a gunshot in his uh, right shoulder. And again, all he did was put it in a sling and bandage it. And he goes right on about his business. Well, a little bit later on, uh, there is a corpsman and a uh, Marine uh, taking fire. The Marine, the corpsman had gone over to help the Marine. They had now both become wounded. There was a clearing that you had to go through to get to them. And Father Cappadano was on the left side of that clearing. And he was on his, started to run over and uh, two of the Marines who we still know are still alive and have testified to all this, uh, told him, don't cross that channel. Anybody who crosses that channel gets shot and don't do it. And, uh, and uh, they stopped him once and he said, don't stop me. And he went across started praying over the Marine and the corpsman and was shot 26 times in the back with a 50 caliber machine gun. Uh, and uh, that was the end of the day for Father Capadano. Uh, you have to understand in the middle of a firefight that intense, uh, uh, you know, his death was not noted right away by anybody other than the people who were there. Uh, although the word did begin to spread. George, um, we have about uh, a minute and a half left before we have to take a quick break, okay? But And maybe you want to go a little longer, but I just wanted to give you a heads up. How um, how did this news uh, of his death affect the other Marines? As it spread that night, uh, uh, not too much. I mean, all of those who heard about it were primarily in the 1st and 2nd platoon because the people that were up in the CP, they were in their own little world up there. Uh, and the people that were on the hillside trying to put up a perimeter and bring in the, the dead and wounded, you know, we were in our own world too. And when Father Capadano was brought in, he wasn't original, they didn't originally know it was him. And, uh, uh, but as uh, the company commander saw something flash, uh, in the body bag, and he opened it up and saw it was Father Capadano, and the word spread like wildfire. Uh, the Padres dead. The Padres dead. I mean, I, I, you know, I think everybody who knew him stopped and, and said a prayer. Uh, and uh, you don't have time right now, but I could tell you how it affected the rest of the division maybe later on. But uh, as people found out in Mike three five, there was nobody that was untouched by that. Let's uh, <clears throat> let's take a quick break. We'll pick this up on the other side of the break because then we want to talk about a little bit more about, um, you know, uh, the Medal of Honor and everything else. So you're you're listening to the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello on the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 on your AM dial serving the New York metropolitan area area. We're having a great conversation about the Grunt Padre, Father Vincent Capadano. We're joined by Captain George Phillips and Vice Admiral Stephen Stanley. Stick around. We'll be back in a couple minutes. From all of eternity, God desired that you exist. He wanted to make you in his own image and likeness, 
a unique and unrepeatable reflection of His eternal glory. There is nobody like you, and there never has nor ever will be anyone like you. Your worth doesn't come from what you can do, produce, or achieve. Jesus loves you for you. You are very good. You matter. No matter what has happened to us in life, no matter what we've done or haven't done, Jesus is waiting for us with his infinite mercy to heal us, to restore us, and to speak to us the truth of who we are. Take time to be in silence today, to re-encounter his love for you and the truth of your own goodness. Give God permission. This is Sister Marie Veritas with the Sisters of Life for Veritas Catholic Network. Everyone to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, joined by Joe Resinello, and we are way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 on your AM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area. Uh, we are discussing the Grunt Padre, Father Vincent Capadano. We're joined by Captain George Phillips and Vice Admir- Admiral Stephen Stanley. Um, <laughs> that's my Jersey ease, uh, Admiral. Uh, so yeah, one thing, uh, we want to clear up real quick. What is, uh, why is he the grunt Padre? What does that mean? Um, Admiral, I'm going to, uh, hand it over to you. So you grunt, what, what's a grunt, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a term, it's a slang term we use for Marines, right? They're humping a pack, right? They're grunting to get up the hill. They're grunts. Uh, they gave these men that Father Vincent was supporting gave him this title. He's our padre. He's the grunt padre. It's a term of endearment and love. It reflects how much he meant to them. Uh, and I take great strength from it because it's what they said of him. It's That's beautiful, to be honest with you, because what how I kind of perceive it is he's one of them. You know what I'm right. saying? He's right, one exactly. of them. Everyone has a function. You know what I'm saying? In this in this battle, he had a function. Talk a little bit about that, Steve, about like the function of a priest in a battle, you know, a military chaplain. You know, a lot of people may not, you know, they see movies, but what is their function? Yeah. So chaplains, boy, you know, we we started back in the beginning of this about what what's the archdiocese for the military services well that's the organization that certifies that these catholic chaplains have the have the uh, uh, the right uh, uh, presence uh, the right uh, credential to be in the field with the people that they're supporting. What do they do? Their jobs are various. I mean, they have to support their own faith groups. They have to allow the um, the other faith, faith, faith groups to do what they need to do in their faith. Um, they have, in the case of a Catholic, they're providing the sacraments. And that's the only way that we get sacraments on a ship that's deployed, in the field as a Marine, you pick your example. Now, how many are there, right? There's, there, there are uh, like 800 chaplains in the Department of the Navy. They support the Navy, they support the Marine Corps, they support um, uh, the Coast Guard, uh, over, over half a million people, okay? Those 800 chaplains are for w- over 100 faith groups. Even though the 25% of our men and women are Catholic, uh, only about six of the chap six percent of the chaplains are Catholic. So you can see the great disparity. How how many men and women that are at forward are being supported by this very small group of Catholic chaplains? But what are they doing in the field? Is really what you ask. Well, they're they're providing all of the sacraments. They're providing providing mass, uh, the Holy Eucharist. They're providing confession. They're providing um, uh, the, the last rites when that's appropriate, and that's the only access that these men and women have to to these these sacraments that are so important to our 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 souls, and that that's the message, right? You got Father Vincent out there establishing this this reputation for always being where the fighting was the hardest. Why was that? It's because he loved the souls of those men that were up there fighting. 
right? He wanted to be there in case they died, that he might provide last rites to that soul. You know, he was trying to get them to heaven. And he can't, you know, that's why I feel so passionately about his cause. I'll be honest with you. It has touched me as well. I mean, his example, it's Christ-like. Like when you tell that story, he's wounded. He can, it's, it's like Christ-like. I mean, he will become a saint. There's no question in my mind. There is no doubt. Um, I just want to switch gears to George and then go back to you, Steve, about the Medal of Honor itself. George, was he sort of different than other chaplains? Because it seems to me like he wants to be in the front. I mean, he doesn't have a gun. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, like, if I'm going to be charging a hill, I want a gun. (laughs) You know, he didn't have one. Like, talk a little bit about what made him unique in that way. Uh, Because I'm sure he got pushback from his superiors. Like, no, this is the Marines. You're not just doing what you want. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, uh, he was a man, you know, with his own calling. Uh, the religious calling is obvious, but it, the dedication to the Marines that, that comes with it is really something different. When uh, other services talk about the Marines, they talk about the grunts. Within the Marine Corps, the grunts are the infantry folks, and uh, everybody else is in the supply chain as far as we're concerned. Uh, and uh, and he wanted, you know, he he was with the grunts. Normally, you you would see a chaplain. Uh, up in the battalion CP, uh, and a lot of times there'd be one company there and four other companies someplace else who would never get to see the chaplain. Uh, you, uh, Catholic chaplains would try on Sunday mornings uh, to helicopter to to every uh, every uh, location, uh, uh, but if they didn't make it, they didn't make it, and they went back to the CP. Uh, Father Capadano, from the very beginning in 1st in, in Battalion, 7th Marines, uh, the squad's going out on patrol. That's 12 men. And they're going outside the wire to see what happens. Usually the game was we walked around until somebody shot at us, and then we started, you know, full-fledged combat. Uh, but Father Ed is very dangerous, especially in the squad, because you didn't have a lot of firepower. Uh, but Father Capadano, he would show up and say, look, I, I'd like to go along with you. And, uh, you know, the squad leaders, you know, corporal, sergeant, yeah, sure. <laughs> Come on along. Was he supposed to do that? No. Was he told not to do that? Yes. Uh, but he did it anyway. And I know that I knew uh, two of the chaplains uh, that worked with him. One was his superior. I don't I don't like using names on the radio, but uh, uh you know, he told him no, but I also know from talking to him, he said, I, I gave him the right answer, but he knew what I meant. And so, and I think it, it was true of the others, you know, uh, but he, that's why before, before we ever heard of him in three, five, we knew about him from one five. And that's where the grunt Padre, uh, I almost want to say legend started because he was out with the grunts. He wasn't sitting in the CP with the cigar smokers and coffee drinkers. You know, he, he was out with the troops. You know, one of the most dangerous things you can do at night in combat is walk the lines. That means all these CPs are surrounded by uh, listening posts with two Marines in each one. Now, when you're out there and you're 18 years old and you got a fully automatic weapon and a bunch of grenades and you're there to see if anybody's going to try to come over your wire and somebody jumps in your hole unannounced, uh, you know, that could go sideways real quick. Mm-hmm. Well, Father Capadano would show up in these holes, uh, sometimes accompanied, you know, with the, the platoon commander, sometimes not. Uh, but, I mean, a normal person didn't do that. I mean, when I was in my hole for the night, nothing's going to get me out of there. I'm going to stay there because I know I can be protected there. Uh, and that's the kind of thing he did. Things that other chaplains, uh, with a few exceptions, probably ever thought about. You know, what, what, what struck me, what you were saying is, again, a Christ-like like 
attribute. He walked amongst the men. Christ is God. He came down and he was poor. He lived amongst poor people. Like, you know, this man basically could have had a little bit of privilege if he chose it. He didn't. Another Christ-like attribute. He could have been smoking cigars and drinking coffee. Like No like, go. Yeah. He's not <laughs> I love it. Total, just a total off the top of my head question. I know there's a documentary about Father Capadano. Has anybody ever thought about making a movie about this? I mean, Hollywood makes movies about some you know, really questionable people. I mean, you would think that they would they would sink their teeth into this one. This is like a blockbuster movie in the making with like some Hollywood star, you know, smoking cigarettes and playing Father Capadano. Has anybody ever talked about, you know, uh, turning this into a film? You know, we've, there's, there's been talk uh, and, uh, but uh, it's never gone very far. Uh, I've got actually something to talk to Steve about next week. Uh, but uh, no, it hasn't. Uh, and one of the reasons I was told was that the DVD we did, everybody says EWPN, we paid for like 80% of that. The Guild paid for it. So, you know, but they like put their logo on everything. But, and it was our idea. So uh, anyway, for so much for EWTN. But uh, uh, there's been a lot of talk. Jim Kelty, who produced it for us, who was fantastic. Uh, you know, he, he would like to do it. But the amount of money that it takes uh, uh, is is almost prohibitive mm-hmm. unless you get somebody to really sponsor you. And that's what I've been looking for. And, and I think maybe I found something. We got to get Caviezel. I was saying we got to get Caviezel and Mel Gibson on the case. Go ahead. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, you know, they're, they're making a movie right now about a priest. I forget his name, but uh, uh, Gibson's involved. Uh, one of the Wahlberg brothers is involved. Uh, I, I heard, yes, I heard about that. I yeah, forgot from Montana. I, I, yes. I heard we, we covered it on our show too. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have, uh, we may be able to get access to them. I don't know. But, you're uh, at the front people, line with Joe and Joe. Like okay. Uh, you're at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello, and we are discussing the Grunt Padre with Captain George Phillips and Vice Admiral Stephen Stanley. And this is a, a great conversation. People, everybody should know about Father Vincent Capadano. Go ahead, Joe. Steve, we're going to talk a little bit about the Medal of Honor because Father Capadano received the Medal of Honor. But also, let's talk about what saints are about. Saints, you have to prove heroic virtue. That's one of the qualifications that, that, like, when someone becomes a saint. Clearly, this man had virtue. But talk a little bit about uh, the Medal of Honor, basically what that means, you know, in case people don't understand, and uh, talk about it being awarded to him. Yeah, boy, uh, it, it is hard to wrap your head around this one. Uh, the Medal of Honor is our uh, our highest award for heroism on the battlefield, our highest award, established during the uh, Civil War. And since that time, just over 3,500 Medal of Honors have been awarded. Uh, so it's a and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to neck this down a little bit, but start thinking about this rarefied altitude that the Medal of Honor is given to. 3,500 since the Civil War. war. Um, during that time, nine of those 3,500 were awarded to chaplains. Okay? Four of those during the Civil War were awarded to uh, Protestant chaplains. Since the Civil War, the remaining five have all been awarded to Catholic chaplains. Okay, now, so now we started with over 3,500. Now we're down to five Catholic chaplains, all during the 20th century, uh, received the Medal of Honor. Of those five, two have ongoing causes for canonization. Obviously, one of those is Father Vincent Capadano. We're talking about him today. The other one was an army chaplain, Father Emil Capon, uh, died in a a Korean uh, prisoner of war camp. It, too, is an amazing story. So you've got these two Catholic chaplains. uh, Both have ongoing causes for canonization, and they were rewarded. Our nation's highest award for heroism on the battlefield is, in my mind, it just, it, it puts it in perspective. Only two and we're working causes for canonization for both. Now you talked about what about the uh, what is the cause of canonization, and 
uh, I mean, it's, it's, this, it's this arduous process that our church goes through to prove that a soul is in communion with God. And there's different steps, uh, and I won't try to bore you with all of them, but the first one is where we are with Father Vincent. Okay, we've done uh, what's called the information phase, collected a body of evidence that covers everything that this man, Father Vincent, did during his lifetime. All his written words, you know, so like a homily that's laying around, that's that's picked up and put in here. All the letters he wrote to his family, to the to the family of the deceased Marines in Vietnam, all those are collected up. People are interviewed to that that knew him personally to so that we can gain what what, what he was really um all these things are collected together it's a symbol you can think about it as his life works his acts it's called the acta acta that's submitted to rome okay it goes to the congregation for the causes of saints now archbishop brolio sealed father vincent's acta on uh, memorial day in uh, 2017 so four years ago coming up on four years ago uh, the call, the congregation for the causes of the saints reviews that work they uh their their job is basically to uh certify that it's accurate and they they prepare what's called the positio you can think about it like a position paper it's a positio that establishes the factual uh nature of this document that goes to the holy father who uh, uh, has to approve it or not. And uh, it's his decision is final. So um, we hope that our positio, which has been written, it has been printed. And if it were not for COVID, would have already been submitted to the Holy Father. Here's that um, damn COVID again. <laughs> there you go. I mean, what are you going to do? So we're we're pulling that the congregation is going to get back up on step and uh, get the positio in front of uh, uh, the Pope and uh, uh, and that the Pope will see it the way we see it as a positive thing. Uh, he would certify heroic virtue, as you said, Joe. Uh, he would bestow the title of venerable on Father Vincent. So he would become a venerable servant of God. Uh, but that's important for uh, another reason. What it does is it kicks off the next phases of the process. And uh, this is where we start looking at miracles to prove uh, that the uh, that this this soul is actually in communion with God. Uh, but we got a leg up on this one. We've already had a miracle, and I have, uh, we believe it is a miracle. I mean, I hope that the uh, process will see it see it the same way. But it happened down in Palm Beach to a woman that was born in Staten Island. So Father Vincent, Staten Island, right? Um, she had multiple cirrhosis, MS, well-documented case. And you know, you may know that uh, MS is uh, uh, one of the, uh, tr not treatments, but one of the things they do is they uh, conduct MRIs of the brain. They're looking for lesions, lesions that are in the brain. And uh, these are well-documented in this woman. She starts praying to Father Vincent, uh, she moves down to Florida. She's down in Florida and uh, follow up uh, medical exam down there. They do enough, they repeat the MRI. Legions are gone. Now you may know that multiple cirrhosis is not treatable. Uh, there's no cure. Once you've got these lesions, you've got them. They're gone in this woman's brain. And we've got good sound MRI evidence of that change in her. Um, that, that, um, Miracle was reviewed by the the, the diocese down there it's in, in uh, Florida. It's always done by the diocese that uncovers the miracle. Uh, they do the same thing, collect all this information, box it up, and they submit it to Rome, the Congregation for the Causes of Saints. They have it over there now. All we need to move forward and start the investigation of that miracle by the congregation is this determination of heroic virtue uh, by the whole, by the Holy Father that would bestow the title of venerable on Father Vincent. Usually, my understanding uh, of the process is after one miracle, you're beatified, you, right. and then after the second, you would be declared a saint. That's usually the process. I've also been uh, told, if if I'm wrong, please correct me. His body is buried. Is it in Staten Island? Correct. So uh, this is something for those in the New York metropolitan area to pray to him. 
you know, if you have something, you know, that you want, you know, say God to resolve a miracle, you could also visit his grave. You know, right. he's a son of New York. It's, you know, this is something he's one of us, like he was a grunt padre. He's one of us. So he's someone we could look to in heaven. Um I mean, I, I there's no doubt in my mind, Stephen George, that he's a saint. I'll be honest with you. I mean, this this guy, it's just a matter of time, you know, that it, it, it will happen. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I think one of the things as as people pray, uh, certainly praying for miracles is is, uh, uh, you know, a very necessary thing. Uh, but uh, Father Capadano, you know, that I knew and the others knew, he was a man of such compassion. He uh, he was so comforting. I mean, when you talk to him one on one, it was like there was no war around. It was just just you and he like in the, the sona, the cone of silence back in the old days. Uh, and he would never break off those conversations. You had to do it. But he provided so much comfort to so many Marines, you know, in combat, out of combat, the adjoint letters, uh, you know, why can't I go home? I'm tired of this. Uh, he was fantastic. And so there are many, many people in this world. Now, I venture to say all uh, that, that need to feel that compassion and need to feel that closeness to somebody like Father Capadano. And so I would say there's lots of things to pray for, including miracles. You know, it's funny, doing research for this interview, I heard uh, a YouTube clip of his brother. You know, very regular, because he's one of 10, you know, obviously. His brother called him Father Vincent. I mean, like he had such like admiration. I was like, oh my God, it's his brother. You know what I mean? Like he's calling him like Father Vincent. Like he, like there's such like respect I mean, I, I was so taken back by it. Yeah, you're um, talking about James, right? Yeah. Like he's like referring to his own brother as like something that's like, you know. He did uh, that. He did yeah. That. I mean, he was a special person. There's no question about it. I mean, by every account, when you go down the line, this is somebody that was very special. George, I remember also in the last time we, we talked uh, on the battlefield, there was a guy that was shot and he like, like. Uh, was comforting him and he said something to him to the effect of like, you're going to be okay. And it like changed his whole life. Could you talk a little bit about that? I thought that was like a great, great piece. Yeah. The, uh, when he was praying over people, uh, uh, he would say, and he would tell us, you know, just, you know, if, if he felt some anxiousness, you know, fear not, you know, God is with us today. You know, everything's going to be fine. And, uh, uh, you know, right before he got shot, uh, before the, he came to the two Marines that tried to stop him, uh, I was coming down the top of the hill. I, and, and my, my, my memory is very vague. So some of what I'm telling you, I've been told by other people who were there. Okay. So, uh, but he was uh, kneeling up uh, in the middle of a firefight, things going on. And, uh, saying, uh, those words. And, uh, they say that, that the, the, the Marine just kind of lifted his head up. And, uh, and when they went down, uh, you know, to pull him up, he, he had a very restful, uh, image on his face, which is not what you often saw. Now I didn't see all of this firsthand, but this has been documented. And it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, like, it really, like I've like in, you know, I've done some work with Mother Teresa's sisters and I know what you mean when you encounter holiness. There's like, honestly, like when you meet someone like that, they're not like the average person. You know, they're on a different plane. Like like when I would deal with the sisters, I was their driver before I got married in the city. I wouldn't touch those nuns. I wouldn't even touch their hand. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're not, you know, they're a different, you know, like, you know, hey, sister, hey, sister, you know, like totally different coming at you from a different place. Um, and I know what you mean by that. George, didn't the Marines say that Father Capadano had eyes that look through you? Yeah, they did. 
Uh, I, 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 no, they didn't look through. They didn't look through you. Uh, but when you were talking to him, uh, and I did this, I think maybe on three occasions for short bits. Uh, when he looked into your eyes, it was one the most comfort comforting feeling, you know, you you could ever have. Uh, you knew that he was totally focused on you and nobody else. And he would stay there with you for as long as was necessary. That's why I mentioned earlier about breaking off these conversations. But when you looked into his eyes, it, it was like total peace. You know, there was no fear, no anxiousness, you know, now in the days of all this police stuff, you know, he's not, his eye, his eyebrows aren't blinking a hundred miles an hour. He's not, you know, he's not shifting his gaze any place. You know, he's just concentrating on you. And, uh, and there's not a, there's not a Marine I've ever met who knew father Capadano that doesn't relate a similar type story. When we had the portrait made of him, we drove poor father. I forget what his name is. Uh, drove the guy nuts because he wasn't getting the eyes right in the, the picture. But if you didn't, I told him, if you didn't get, if you don't get the eyes right, you got a portrait of uh, one in a thousand people. So, but uh, in the end, we were all happy. You know? That's great. <laughs> Steve, it didn't the military, they named battleships after this guy. Talk a little bit about where his name, because I know there's a battleship that's named after him. Where, how else has the military honored him? Well, I mean, the, so the, the, it wasn't a battleship. It was a destroyer escort, but uh, the USS Capadano. But uh, we we've also named the uh, the military uh, chaplain school uh, the chap the chapel that's in there uh, after Father Vincent. So all of our our Navy chaplains that come through military training go through his chapel to be part of that. Uh, there's several chapels around the United States that have been named after him. Knights of Columbus chapters. Uh, it you know it just goes on and on the list of people that have been enthralled with the story of Father Vincent and have turned to him for help and support. Excellent. You know, it's funny. One of the other things I'm sure this was in the report uh, is fruit of someone's life. That's something else that is uh, like looked into when one is is going to become a saint. That's fruit of his life. You know, clearly the impact uh, on not just the people who immediately knew him, but on the whole entire military. Mm. Um, So it's 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 very clear that this guy is a very special person. That's well, that's why we wanted to have this conversation. That's why we had on George a few months ago on social media and want everybody at the Veritas Catholic Network to know about Father Vincent Capadano. I want, uh, if you don't mind, gentlemen, uh, a couple of final thoughts. But before we get into that, because we only have a couple minutes left, um, how do people get more information um, on Father Vincent? And how, very importantly, how do they support the Guild? Okay, so to get information, go to our website, www.capadanoguild, C-A-P-O-D-A-N-N-O-G-U-I-L-D, dot org, O-R-G. Okay, one word, no punctuation. And you'll get all of our information there. You can sign up to make a donation. We'll send you for 20 bucks. We'll send you a, uh, a free copy of Called and Chosen, the DVD we've been talking about. Uh, for a little bit more, 40 bucks, you can get a uh, copy of the uh, lithograph that George just spoke of, which is a very good depiction of him. What do you need? To, what do we need from you? The first thing we need are your prayers, right? Uh, and don't just pray for our guild and the cause, although we want you to pray for that. Pray for our nation. Pray for our Catholic Church. We need those prayers, and they're powerful. So we ask for your prayers. Absolutely. Last thing that you can do for us is continue, consider making a donation. We're, we've got some real challenges in front of us, and uh, we, we, it's only with your prayers and your financial support that we will succeed. Absolutely. George, we have 30 seconds. Any final thoughts? Well, I, I tell you, I, you know, uh, we've talked enough about here. I'll, I'll tell you just a little a quick thing with DOD. To, to get approved for a Medal of Honor, it takes years. It takes years. Most of them average three to five years, some of them 20 or 30. His came in 15 months. 
15 months. Mm. Now, there's nothing DOD can do at that level that fast. I mean, I've never seen it. Admiral has more experience. Can we count that as a miracle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the second one. It's the yeah, second absolutely. one. Guys, yeah, I'm so sorry, I, but we're coming we're coming up on the end. And George, I apologize because I know we could go on for hours, but we sure. really appreciate it. We thank you both for coming on. Captain George Phillips, Vice Admiral Stephen Stanley. Um, thank you both for coming on the front line with Joe and Joe. We really appreciate it. Everybody should know about Father Vincent Capodano. And thank you all, dear brothers and sisters, for joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Network, bringing the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York metropolitan area at 1350 on your AM dial. For all Veritas content, please be sure to download our network, uh, excuse me, Catholic Network mobile app. And please be sure to follow Joe and I on Facebook and YouTube until they shut us down, of course. Uh, hit like, hit the like button, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.